One of the main subjects that I see in chapter 4 of James is this word called worldliness. So I named this worldliness versus worldlessness. And uh, I asked somebody if that was a word, and they said no. And, and you probably can tell that I really don't care. Somebody created worldlessness or worldliness, so I can create worldlessness. And so uh, I want to talk to you about that today. Uh, today, everyone deals with this thing called worldliness. Uh, we make choices. Sometimes we make wrong choices. We're all faced with this thing that James talks about. I want to talk a little bit about what it is. Uh, am I a worldly individual? Are you a worldly individual? How do I battle worldliness? And uh, I had a joke, and I didn't like it. And I told the elders last night, a, f a couple of them, and they didn't think it was funny either. <laughs> and seriously, they didn't think it was funny. And I changed it today. I decided I'm going to share it, but I don't think it's that funny. Here's the joke. Today I decided to donate all my worldly possessions and give myself fully over to Jesus in prayer. It was pretty easy to do with a guy holding a gun to my head. See, it wasn't that funny, see? James comes out swinging in verse 4, 4, and I need you to know who he's talking to. James is the brother of Jesus, and he's not talking to someone outside the church. He's talking to you. He's talking to me. How do I know that? James chapter 1, verse 1. To the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. My brother, count it all a joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, and let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That's how he starts the book. He's talking to the 12 tribes which are scattered, the New Testament church. So when he's talking in verse chapter 4, 4, what I'm about to read, he's talking to the church, and this is what he says. He says, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. He's talking to the church. Making yourself a friend of the world is enemy, as hostile. You're hostile, hating, opposing another. I mean, it's really, if you look in the, in the Greek, it's really, really serious words that James talks about in this area of you being a friend of the world and worldliness, worldly. That word worldliness, it, this is a part of the definition of it, concern with material values or ordinary living versus spiritual living. Worldly, or of or belonging of the world relating to the universe, earthly 
worldly, having the character of this present corrupt age. Titus uses the word worldly, and I want to read that scripture. Uh, Titus 2, 11 through 14. Say that with me, worldly. worldly. Worldliness. Good. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men teaching us denying ungodliness and worldly lust. We're to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking uh, for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. I mean, you know that only in Christianity is Jesus God. Anytime you hear uh, any belief that Jesus is not God, you should have all kind of red flags. Only in, in Christianity is Jesus God, who gave himself for us, that was free. Sometimes I just have to feel like somebody needs to hear that. If you're coming out of a Jehovah Witness or Mormonism or what have you, you need to know those things. That he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people. Look at your friend next to you. You're his own special people. Just tell them. Don't be shy. She's. We call ourselves family and then you can't even talk to them. Zealous for, zealous for good works. Worldliness can be very sneaky in you and our, my life, any of our lives. Worldliness can sneak in very, very easy. I think there's lots of scriptures that doesn't use the word worldly or worldliness, but still pertains to worldly or worldliness. Let me give you an example. Uh, uh, a scripture is very, 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 very common, very popular. Proverbs 16, 25. There is a way that seems right to a man. Worldliness can seem right to you. You can bend the scripture to serve your sin and your purpose. You can bend it, believe me. Man can justify. So there is a way that seems right to man. And the Bible says, but in the end, the way is death. That's gotta, it doesn't say worldly there, but I guarantee you it's worldliness. God doesn't, listen, he doesn't call us out of the world because we're called to win the world. Are you with me? There's not a, if you're a believer here today, you're an evangelist. You may not like that, but you need to get over it. Because if you're following Jesus, you're fishing. Follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. Okay? So he doesn't call you out of the world, okay? Because he wants us to reach the world. Guess who Jesus died for? He died for the world. Not just for us. He died for the world. Are you with me? He died for us, but not just us in the church. He died for the world, right? But he does calls, call you and I to come out of worldliness. Did you catch that? Don't go to sleep on me now. He doesn't call you out of the world, 
but he does call you out of worldliness. It's all through the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. Listen to this. Turn with me to Hebrews 11, verses 8 through 10. Hebrews 11, if you got it, don't, don't be faking on your, you know, go to the scripture. You can pull out your phone, whatever you need to do, pull it out. It's going to be on the, the Sky Bible too. It's funny, man. If I was to tell you to get on Facebook, you'd be all over your phone. I tell you, get, get on the Bible and you just like move in slow motion. Here we go. You ready? By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place. Say that with me. Out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. Now look at this. And he went out not knowing. Say that with me. Not knowing where he was going. God calls him out of a place to a place that he was going to receive an inheritance, but he was going to a place he didn't know where, where he was going. That's a call of faith, right? And it goes on to say, by faith he dwelt in the land of promise as a foreign country dwelling in tents and with Isaac and Jacob, with heirs with him of the same promise, for he waited for the city which, was, which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Listen to me real good. God will call us. He does call us out of the place we know into a place that we do not know. You know the world and you know worldliness. Don't look at me like hoot owls. You know the world and you know worldliness. You know the world of sin. You know carnality. You know sexual immorality. That's the stuff we know. Abraham knew where he lived. Where he was being called out of was the place that he was born. Guess where you and I are born? You're born in the world. You're born in sin. And you chose to sin after you were born. There's not a person in this world that doesn't know what worldliness is. Of the world, you know carnality, you know sexual immorality, you know lust, you know addiction, emptiness, hopelessness, selfishness, worldliness. You know worldliness. God will call you out of something into something that you don't know. He wants to call you and out of worldliness to a place that we don't know. Jesus said that he was not part of this world. How many of you know that? Me and you are not part of this world. I, I'm part of a different kingdom now, right? Especially if I'm walking in the Spirit and I'm in Jesus Christ, I'm not part of this world. We are sojourners. We are on a journey, okay? We're passing through. Look at your neighbor and say, you're passing through. At a funeral, what do we call it sometime? Huh? You're passing on. That Miss, Miss, Elizabeth, Miss Elizabeth, she passed on because we know that she isn't here and she's went on somewhere else, right? It's just a death for us is a doorway into eternity, okay? It's a beautiful thing. It's sometimes sad and so forth and so on. We're, journey, we're on a journey 
This place that we know he calls us out of. When you become a new believer in Jesus Christ, you begin this journey of him calling you out of the world and worldliness into things that we don't know. Like we really don't know the presence of God. We do know, we taste of it, but I can tell you the first time I saw someone dance in church, I thought, wow, what's going on here? I wasn't accustomed to the presence of God. I wasn't accustomed to the things of God. He was calling me out of the world into, here we go, things that we don't know, into his kingdom, into his presence, into his ways, his heart, his upside down kingdom, into his holiness. I couldn't spell holiness. I was the opposite of holy. I was a peace, piece of work. Are you feeling me? I was a piece of work. He called me out of that, right? Gave me a new name. I'm born again. Okay, so God takes you. We're on this journey out of worldliness. Sometimes, guess what? We get stuck back there. Some of you might be stuck tonight. Stuck can be very, very real. You, you, you can see stuckness. Is that a word? It is now. If you're in a truck and you get stuck, I don't need nobody to tell me I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. Here's a stuckness. Your stuckness in porn. That's stuckness. That's worldliness, right? And I'm going to go through some things tonight that may sound a little offensive, and I don't mean to be offensive. Anytime I talk about truth, it sounds like, according to the world, that it's hate language, and it's not hate language. I think one of the greatest things I can do is share truth with people. It's not hating. If you know me, you know I'm not hating a person. I'm really not hating them at all. I'm trying to love them. What I'm talking about, I'm not specifically talking about a geographical place tonight. But for me, it also was geographic. So it could be geographic, but it's not just geographic. Let me give you an example. For me, it was part geographic. Uh, I came to Northern California, a place called Eureka, on spring break of 1988, uh, visiting a brother that I didn't always know that I had. And while I was there, I rededicated my life to the Lord and got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Everyone say, he didn't say water. Everybody in the church, they go, oh, you got baptized in water. No, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit according to the Scripture. I don't know about that. That's why you need to read your Bible every day. That's why you need to read your Bible. You need to know that there's a difference between getting born again, baptized in the Holy Spirit, baptized in water. Because you see it all of a sudden in Acts 2. The Peter package, they got it all. But you don't know that if you're still just drinking milk. You're just like, oh, water baptism. No, well, this beautiful thing, but there's more than that. And so I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I, I felt personally that I needed to leave the East. And so spring break, moved back to Kentucky, finished, finished the year, got in my truck, 
drove to South Carolina, told my grandparents goodbye, had my chopper in the back, had everything that I owned, and I drove 50 straight hours from South Carolina to Eureka, California. Saw the sun come up twice, right, with a friend of mine. I needed a geographic move in my life to come out of worldliness. Now, when I arrived in Eureka, guess what? I arrived. Some of you might get that in a few minutes. I arrived. There was, there was, there was still areas of my life that I had to deal with. Everything didn't stay in Kentucky and South Carolina. Things came with me. How many take bags on an airplane? I took some spiritual bags with me. I still had some addictions. I still had some wrong mindsets. I thought that maybe everything was going to change, but it didn't. I still struggled with steroid addiction. I still struggled with wrong mindsets. Philosophy of this world. Like Abraham, God called him out of the place that he was born and the place that he knew, out of his, listen, out of his friends and his family to a place he did not know. That's exactly what happened to me. I got called out of Kentucky and South Carolina. That's all of my friends. That's all of my family. That's all that I knew. That was sin for me, a lot of death for me, that was jail for me, that was many things of the world for me that God moved me out geographically. Are you following me? But it's not just geographic. It's also this area and the philosophy of the way that we think and our hearts and how we live the culture we're in. So it's geographic, but it's not just geographic. But I want you to see something that takes place when you move out of the place that you know, out of that place you're stuck, out of the worldly place, into the place that you don't know, looking for the city of God. Let me show you what happens to you. It says this, By faith Abraham obeyed. Everyone say obeyed. obeyed. That's a good thing we should do. And when he was called to go out to the place, listen, where he would receive an inheritance. Selah. He moved out of the, he didn't receive the inheritance of the place that he knew. He received the inheritance of the place when he was obeyed God and he went to a place that he did not know. There's people in this room tonight that I feel that you have not received your inheritance. Why haven't you received your inheritance? You're in church, and you've been born again, but you still have the world in you back here. You still haven't left all the world and the worldliness behind in order for you to receive all the inheritance God has for you. There are people right now that's stuck. You haven't received the inheritance of God's purpose and destiny for your life or maybe full freedom or, or joy or peace or all the blessing that God has. I'm not, I can't guarantee. I just have a, a pulse that that's probably true with a number of people here today. That God wants us to leave that place that we've always known to go into this place the pro, I call it, you know, the promised land 
where God, where you're going to receive an inheritance. God has an inheritance, but you have to leave Egypt behind. When I say Egypt tonight, I'm not talking about a physical GPS Egypt. I'm talking about a mindset and a philosophy. I read a quote this week, and I've, I heard it 20 years ago, but I read a quote this week, and I don't even know, it didn't even have the name of the person, but it says this. It took one day to get the Hebrews out of Egypt, but it took 40 years to get Egypt out of the Hebrews. Are you following that? It took them one day to walk out of Egypt. But why do you think that they were going around a mountain and in a desert and all that they went through for 40 years? Because God had to work Egypt out of them. Whenever I got to Eureka, I, still had, I had Egypt in me. I'm still dealing with Egypt today. God wants us to leave a place that we know and go into a place that we don't know. Egypt represented many things. It represented multiple gods, idols, false gods. It represented slavery. It represented sin. It represented no Jesus. No, not, not, K-O, not K-N-O-W Jesus. No Jesus. No Bible. Here's my definition of worldliness. Living like the world. That's J.O.'s definition. The Bible says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Transformation will take you out of the place of Egypt and out of the place that you once knew. He transforms us. That's metamorphosis. You won't be a little tadpole anymore. You're not going to be a maggot any longer. I'd rather be a fly than a maggot. But how do you become a, a fly from a maggot? Metamorphosis. Oh, we love the beautiful one. Butterfly. But there's animals that metamorphose. We metamorphose through transformation by the renewing of our mind. And it goes on to say that you may prove what is the good and the acceptable and the perfect will of God is. Man, that's God's kingdom. That's what you don't know. That's where you're heading. When you come out of worldliness, that's where you're headed. You will know the voice of God. You will know the will of God. You will know what's perfect. You will know what's acceptable. But you don't know back here when you need to come out of Egypt and come into the promised land. Listen, there's people in here that love Jesus. They come to church. Been water baptized, walked out of Egypt, but the world is still in them. And we're trying to leave this to find this city that God has for us. Why so worldly? Why so worldly? Francis Chan says, this generation, you value your thoughts way too much. And I went one more step. J.O. says, by the way, you value your feelings way too much.
when you think that your feelings and your thoughts are true, and you go, well, obviously they're true because I feel them and I think it, and you act upon it, but it doesn't go with the Word of God, you're not true. You're called deceived. And if you're deceived, guess what? You don't know you're deceived. All the emphasis on our feelings and our thoughts, and obviously they're right. I should act upon them. Which card is smaller? Can you tell which card is smaller? Well, some of you see, you're, you're dogging me. You're supposed to do like I did. Well, the red one's smaller. And then I go, oh, they're the same. Okay? It didn't work for you. Because you're, you're a bunch of smarty pants. It worked for me. What's that? Thank you for being honest. Thank you. Or you're smarty pants and you knew they were the same. But your eyes can deceive you. Do you poke your eyes out because they deceive you? No. But your heart and your thought and your emotions can deceive you too. And they all need to be renewed by God's word in order to get you, listen, either you're going to have friendship with the world or you're going to have friendship with the word. And you, I'm, I'm falling in love with the word. I'm going to fast forward here because I wanted to get to this because I want to lay out black and white what I'm talking about today. Here's black and white. And this is right now. Some of you are going to go, ooh, ouch. Just go ouch with me right now. Out, just get it over with. I feel like I should leave my wife because I'm out of love. I, I, feel, I feel out of love. I can, and I have my friends that support me. I even have family members that support me because I'm out of love. I'm not here dogging anyone that's been divorced. But I say when you come heart of the city church don't get divorced anymore because I don't care that you feel like you're out of love I could care less that you fear I don't care that you think you're out of love because it doesn't matter your feelings and your thoughts it matters what the word of God says and that's what we live by and see the world doesn't like that oh you're saying that, that what I feel and what I Sense is not true? Exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm going to leave my husband and become a lesbian. Why are you going to do that? Because I feel that way. I feel I'm, I'm a lesbian. Well, I got news for you. That's wrong. It's ungodly. And it's not the word of God. And you shouldn't do that. Is that hatred for me? No. That's no more hatred for you leaving your husband because you're out of love. It's not at all. But I can tell you that it's wrong and it's sin. How do you know, J.O.? I feel it. Well, because the Word of God says it. I'm going to abort my child because I feel like it's going to just 
make my life better if I don't have the baby. I'm not here to diss you if you had an abortion. But I will tell you, don't abort again. Because if you feel that way and you think it's going to make your life better, I got news for you, it will not make your life better. And I got news for you that it's the wrong thing to do because we're not to murder. Well, I'm going to steal from my company because my boss has tons of money and he won't, he won't lose it. He won't miss it. They take advantage of me all the time. I got news for you. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't cheat on your taxes. Well, I can get away with it, J.O. I can look at porn on my phone and nobody will know. I'm telling you all these things that I speak of are examples of worldliness that you need to come out of. He calls us into holiness. I like my, my, my friend, Dr. Ryan. He, he says, you know, marriage is not here to make you happy. It's here to make you holy. <laughs> this generation don't like that. I got to be happy. No, you don't have to be happy. They'll, you'll have happy times. I, I'm full of joy. I don't always have to be <laughs> to be full of joy. But I have joy deep down in my heart. How do I, how do I know that these things are wrong? I'm just going to read. I'm going to read two scriptures. Just two. Two out of 66 books. Just two. You ready for two? Just two. Just two. Here we go. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10. Do you not know, that should be up there, thank you. Thank you very much. Do you not know that unrighteousness, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? And it goes on to say, it's simple. Do not be deceived. There it is. What's going to deceive you? Your feelings and your thoughts. <laughs> I guarantee you. I guarantee. Well, when I smoke, when I smoke meth, I feel good, J.O. Well, yeah, you do. I did when I did coke, man. I felt like Superman. I, I'm sorry that if that offends you. I'm just telling you that you can you can be greatly deceived by your thoughts and your feelings. Because it was destroying my life, destroying it. And if anybody's true in here, if you shot heroin, meth opiates, whatever, you know where it leads. Do not be deceived. Say that with me. Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators. What is a fornicator? Well, J.O., I have sex with my girlfriend all the time because you know we're committed. We're going to get married one day. And you know how much I love her. And we, have, we feel it. It's fornicating. Do not be deceived. And it goes on to say, nor idolaters, nor adulterers. Okay, I just think I'm going to have a little on the side. No. Well, it feels good, J.O. Yeah, because you have no commitment. Nor homosexuals. I don't like that, J.O. 
we need to really try to bend that scripture right there. That does not go with our culture right now. Well, it doesn't. But it doesn't mean that I hate anyone. A lot of things doesn't go with our culture, but it doesn't mean that it's true. This is true. Nor Sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revivalers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And, you know, murderers and all that. We know that out of the Big Ten. Right? How do we overcome worldliness? I think James gives us a description of how you and I overcome worldliness. And it's out of verses 6 through 10. It begins this way. But he gives us more grace. That is why the scripture says God opposes the proud. Let me read it and let me just give you what I think, how we overcome worldliness. God opposes the proud. Like, for example, right now, as soon as I read some of those, and if you go, I don't like that, J.O. I got friends and family that are homosexuals. Well, it doesn't mean I don't like or love them. But if you oppose what the Word of God says, I got to tell you right now, I think that's straight up pride. And it's the wrong kind of pride. God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, he will flee. If there's no resistance inside of you, you better check yourself. If you have no resistance to porn or to meth or to lying or stealing or cheating, there's no conviction, there's no resistance, you need to repent. I need to repent. Anybody in that condition needs to repent. There needs to be a resistance inside of each other. You know, there's all kinds of crazy things out there on the news like Dateline and stuff that somehow they lost the resistance. Don't lose your resistance. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. I love James. He, He... you bunch of sinners. I mean, he kicks me right in my mouth, you know. I'm glad I still had teeth, you know what I'm saying? And purify your hearts, you double-minded. Wow. Thank you, James. <laughs> Grieve, mourn, and well. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. Here is what I think we need to do when it comes to worldliness. Number one, submit to God. The word over the world. Number two, draw near to God. Draw near to God. If you're in the presence of God, you're not going to want to twist the scriptures. Number three, cleanse your hands, purify your hearts. I think that comes through confession. I really do. Confessing faults one another. Here's a good one. God's word over your feelings and your thoughts. Be committed that though my thoughts may be this way and my feelings may be this way, if the Word of God says it's different, I'm going with the Word. 
Are you with me? Like, Joe, there is just no hell. There is just no hell. I don't feel like there, a loving God would ever send anyone to hell. There is just no hell. I got news for you. You're wrong. You're deceived. Jesus talked about hell a lot. By the way, it wasn't made for you and me. But there is a hell. And you will go there if Jesus is not the Lord and Savior of your life. Jail, that sounds so hatred. It's just the truth. God's word over our feelings and our thoughts. There should be true accountability within your life. True accountability. People that you are real with. And be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because He is the Spirit of truth. And He will lead you. He will guide you.